very cool. Oh, we got two people. We need Andrew's mic, but you went to get coffee. No, I'm I'm on Kate's. Oh, hello. Yeah. Mm, no batteries have been changed. Yeah, that'd be useful. Hear me there in that woo. There we are. All right. Muted, okay. 
Test, test, test. There we go. Test. Ignore that voice. Can you give me a little guitar? A little more. same page yeah. okay oh mr luker oh god above i have perfectly a great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me mark can you give me a little piano in this monitor and a little my vocals? Before the throne of God above, perfectly, priest whose name is love. can bid me then sleep when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within upward I look and see him there I've got him that's good I want little piano and some vocals. You can turn him down just a touch. But I... It was hot in here when we first turned up. Because last time I was messing with it. It's almost too hot now. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong... AJ, will you play? Great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hand. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me that sleep on. Lost AJ too. Keep playing, AJ.
think we turned it, we uh, turned the mains off at one point. <laughs> we didn't know. We were turning things off. All right. Let's try it again. Give me more guitar. Okay, I think I've got him now. Okay, a little touch more piano and a little bit of my vocals. And I would like some of his vocals, but he hasn't been singing much because we've been... That's about right for piano. And uh, I think my... Let's try AJ. AJ. Traveling back. So she's... Give me some vocals. We'll just sing through the first line. Before, Before the throne, you got to play too. I have a strong and perfect. A little more of his vocals. whose name is love. Whoever lives in. Let's try that and now play hard on the guitar, uh, like Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little more guitar. Yeah, it's about right. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. Uh, let's. Okay, I'm gonna turn off that. This morning we are continuing through 1 Peter, chapter 3, and as we've seen before, Peter tends to pick up where he left off before, and then he elaborates on it, or he'll reach back, and we always have to keep in mind what he said before as we, as we continue through. So this really is a continuation of last week with the idea of... Uh, 
Christ Jesus really being the reason for our hope. And we're going to break that out for us this morning as we look at that. Would you stand with me in reverence to the Word of God as I uh, read this passage for us this morning? These are verses, a little overlap. We'll take a verse from last week, verse 17, and go through verse 22. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few, eight in all, were saved through the water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. Would you pray with me? Father, open up this, these words to us this morning uh, through Your servant. We pray, Lord, that You would apply them to our hearts in a way that, that causes us to, to cling to that living hope that You have given to us in Your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name, for His sake, for His glory. Amen. You may be seated. So as I said, this is a continuation of what we heard last week, to always prepare, to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in us. <clears throat> for Christ also suffered. Christ also suffered to bring you to God. This is the heart, I believe, this is the heart of his whole letter. This is the heart of the entire message that we have from 1 Peter. Everything before this and everything after hinges on this. This is the reason for our hope. Now, it may look different. I mean, we were encouraged last week to think this through and to to prepare to be prepared all the time to give that reason for the hope that is in you. So it may look different on each of us in terms of our own experience, our own life, and how it applies. But at the heart of it is what he is telling us here in this passage today, the reason for our hope. For Christ also suffered. Christ Jesus, our only hope, He came into this world of sin and misery, suffering the worst of it in order to bring us to God. He is the perfect example, first of all. This is where it starts. He is the first example, the very, excuse me, the very, the very perfect example of what it means 
to suffer for doing good. Christ Jesus showed us through His own sufferings what our living hope looks like at the end of our trials. We go back to uh, chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, it says this, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in His mouth. And then if we go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, We want to see this broader context. This is who it is. This is who it is that came down and suffered beyond our imagination. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. But He humbled Himself, and He came to suffer with us, He came to suffer for us. Suffering for doing good. Jesus redefines suffering even beyond our comprehension. He intentionally came such a great and incredible distance to suffer like no other. From the glories of His heavenly existence, He inserted Himself into the world that He made and that the Bible says that all things came through him and for him. This world that he made to live a sinless life in our behalf and then to suffer and die in our place with one purpose in mind. And he had you in mind by name from before time began to bring you to God. See, this is what that election is and that back in that first verse, the first couple of verses, you, he had in mind. And that foreknowledge had nothing to do with anything in you or what he would expect you to do. It all has to do with what he had in mind for you. And it is this, to bring you to God. And that was independent of anything that you would do. Because that was he had in mind and he was going to get it done. Because he loved you with an everlasting love before time began. In Philippians 2, verses 5 to 9, it says this, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature and very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Talk about going to extremes. The one who is the radiance of God. Obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name. And then we know that it goes on that every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. No one else ever went such an ex- to such an extreme when we consider who he is 
Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, let us run with endurance. Knowing this, let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter, or we could translate that, the trailblazer. Again, seeing his example, the trailblazer of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This calls us to perseverance as we set our hope on that same outcome that gave Jesus that joy, living hope, living hope for us. But his suffering, his suffering was more than just an example. You see, it was meant for redemption for us. His suffering brought us our salvation, our redemption, our deliverance, our forgiveness, eternal life, an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Secondly, Christ Jesus is our living hope through death to life. And we see that illustrated here as we reach back into Noah and the flood, and we see that in baptism, and we'll look at that in a moment. Through, not from, through death to life. He came not just to show us the way, but He came to bring us all the way to God. That's what He came to do. Christ also suffered for sins once for all. The righteous, the righteous one for the unrighteous to bring us to God. He bore the guilt of our sin in exchange for the credit of His own righteousness applied to us. And that was enough to satisfy God's justice once and for all. See, often we don't think about the fact that we're saved by more than just, you know, His death on the cross and His resurrection. We're saved by His righteous life. He had to come and live this perfect life that Adam failed to do so that He could give us that and take our guilt. Exchange took place. This is what John 3.16 is all about. It's the idea of instead, you see, of wrath being poured out on us, God gave His Son to wrath and gave us life if we believe in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made this sinless one be a sin offering in our behalf so that in union with Him, we might fully share God's righteousness. That's what He did. (laughs) That's what He did. That's what this is all about. Peter brings up Noah because Noah prefigures Christ 
and the message of the gospel of our salvation. It's an interesting picture that's taking place here. This is really a proclamation of the gospel as we really examine the flood. Both the flood and baptism, this is where he brings them together, show us how Christ, our living hope, delivers us through death to life and to God. Noah represented a deliverer, a savior from judgment, the righteous one that was singled out for God's purpose here. And he preached and proclaimed repentance and faith. Turn from your wicked ways. No one listened. And that's why they're in prison. Pictured in Noah and the ark, Christ brings us into his kingdom and through the waters of judgment to sin. Uh, excuse me, for the, for, through the waters of judgment for sin delivered us safely to new life through trust in him. It is significant that eight were mentioned. I think it's because, you see, Noah was the righteous one And the other seven trusted him to bring them safely, not from, but through the floodwaters, is the wording that he uses, through the waters. Baptism testifies to the same thing by burying our sin in the floodwaters while we emerge to new life because our our consciences are clear as to whom we trust for our salvation. so that we're proved right and we're vindicated by our choice to trust in Jesus Christ and not in ourselves and not in anything else. Christ alone is our salvation. And he repeats again here as he has so many times before that the means of our salvation is not through the washing of the water but through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is exalted in heaven, we have no better hope than Him. And then finally, Christ Jesus, the living Word that we heard read from John chapter 1, first 14 verses, Jesus Christ is the living Word. And this living Word has been calling us from the very beginning to this living hope to bring us to God. From the Passion Translation, it reads like this. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God and fully God. And then verse 4 says, Life came into being, excuse me, life came into being because of him, for his life is light for all humanity. Jesus said, You are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He said in the upper room to his disciples, 
And that's true for us. His word is a cleansing word. According to, we go back to chapter 1 again, verses 10 and 11, it was the Spirit of Christ. It was the Spirit of Christ speaking through the prophets, proclaiming His own suffering and death on our behalf, and the glorious to follow in our living hope. Consistent all through Scripture. As the living word or the expression, it was the Son who spoke all things into existence. It was the living word who called out in the garden, where are you? To Adam, who was hiding due to his sin. Oh, he knew, he knew where Adam was. He knew where Adam and Eve were. But he wanted them to know. He wanted them to know where they were not. They were not with him. And so he initiated. He is the one. The living word is the one who initiated the first step in bringing us fully and finally and eternally to himself. That's been the message and the purpose of God all along all through Scripture. And He has been talking us through that journey ever since, all the way through His written Word, the living Word speaking to us in His written Word. It has been the Spirit of Christ, the living expression, calling us to Himself through the prophets and through the apostles. It was the living Word speaking through Noah for 120 years, calling people to repentance and faith. It was the living Word that called Abraham to faith in him and set him apart with the covenant of grace that extends also to us who believe. It was the living word that spoke to Moses from the burning bush to bring deliverance to God's elect. It was the living word, the Spirit of Christ, who made the covenant promise to David of an eternal kingdom that we have inherited. And then he continued to speak and to deliver through judges and kings and prophets right down to John the Baptist. And then, and then the Word became flesh and lived in our midst to deliver the message of salvation in person. Wow. To be our salvation through His death and resurrection, to show us hope through suffering, to be our hope in suffering, and to assure us of hope through His trustworthy Word given to us by His Spirit. He came in person to bring us to God. And all the misery and the suffering and the death due to sin that he has seen over the course of all of human history. And it never gets any easier. No wonder he wept at the grave of Lazarus, though he knew what he was about to do. Imagine all the anguish that brought, was brought to his mind. Death is wrong and he knew the cause of it. 
He was there. But Christ came to bring an end to it once and for all. And to bring us out to life. To bring us to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the Spirit to be our living hope because He didn't even stop there. He went into heaven, according to verse 22, He went into heaven, but He went there with a purpose for us because He wasn't finished. And according to John 14, he went there as the bridegroom to prepare a place for his bride. That's who we are. If you talk to any Jewish translator of this, they understand that this is, this is wedding language. That's how personal it is to him. We can't even imagine. We can't even imagine the magnitude of what He has in store for us. And for Him, it was worth the pain. It was worth the pain. Not just for the hope, but because He loved us that much. And since everything in, is again in verse 22, everything is in submission to Him. Nothing, absolutely nothing, will keep Him from delivering on His promises. You can count on it. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for sending your Son to bring us to you. Lord, help us to cling to that living hope and live in it and for it. We pray in Jesus' name. The words 